When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking GoWild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Welcome to the Backcountry Rookies podcast, Stories from the Season Series. As the hunting season progresses, I like to bring on some of my friends and former guests or just people with great hunting adventures to share their story. This year, we teamed up with the Western Hunter Magazine to bring you the Stories from the Season series. Western Hunter Magazine has established itself as a valuable and reliable resource for its readers, with in-depth and thoughtful articles covering the latest in Western hunting news, tactics, gear, and of course, great hunting stories. The bi-monthly magazine is aimed to educate and connect with those who share a passion for hunting Western big game. From rookies, Hunting the West to seasoned veterans, Western Hunter Magazine works hard to ensure that every issue has something for everyone. Get the magazine for as little as $20. Check out their subscription offerings on the website at westernhunter.net or in the link in the podcast description. I hope you enjoy. Let's get right into one of these great stories. Hey, welcome back to the Backcountry Rookies Podcast. Today, I am on here with my two good friends, Dan and CJ, and we're going to talk about elk hunting cows in New Mexico. Not great big bulls, not big bugling bulls. We're talking like late November. Was it late November? Mid-November cow elk hunt. So um, super fun hunt. I got these guys on here because we just got back recently from a cow hunt. Dan and I both had a couple of tags in New Mexico and um, we had a ton of fun, man. Absolute blast out there. So we're just going to kind of BS our way through this one and talk through it. Um, quick word from the sponsors and then we'll be back with Dan and CJ. This podcast is sponsored by Go Hunt. Elk 101's University of Elk Hunting and Vortex Optics. Check out Go Hunt Maps for all your scouting needs. Go Hunt Maps comes free with an Insider account and offers amazing 3D maps on your desktop for e-scouting and the new mobile maps on your mobile device. Now you have all of the resources of Insider, filtering 2.0, strategy articles, draw odds, and more that you use for application season, and it's all paired with maps used for e-scouting and hunting. Insider is the all-inclusive tool for Western hunters. Use the promo code ROOKIES and get $50 in Go Hunt Gear Shop credit when you become an insider today. Elk 101's University of Elk Hunting. University of Elk Hunting provides you with immediate access to the most comprehensive and complete resource for increasing your elk hunting knowledge, confidence, and success. University of Elk Hunting now has all of those resources in the palm of your hand on a mobile app. Use the code ROOKIES and save $20 on your University of Elk Hunting membership today. Vortex Optics. Have you seen the new Vortex Razor UHD 10x50s? If you haven't seen the 10x50s, I highly recommend checking them out, going to the local store, doing whatever you can and check them out. I was blown away at how bright those things were i recently took them on a deer scouting slash bear hunting trip out here in new mexico and was very very surprised the clarity of them was great edge to edge clarity was great and what i was really surprised with i've never used a set of 10 by 50s but what i was most surprised with was that brightness at low light just having that bigger objective lens draws in more light makes them brighter which means you can glass longer Check out those Razor UHD 10x50s, and I would suggest check them out at the Go Hunt Gear Shop. So there you go. Go Hunt and Vortex Optics got together, got a pair of 10x50s. Check them out. Hello, Dan and CJ. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Chad. How are you? Good. Hey, Chad. Good to be back. Yeah. Man, it's been a long time. Remember that a long time ago, we did that antelope podcast. Was that like last week? Yeah, something or like 12 minutes ago. Yeah. Something like that. 
So anyway, wholly, totally different topic, right? Today we're here to talk about Dan luring me into buying a cow tag in New Mexico and then hunting cows. I feel like we need to have like a major preface before we even jump into this, because if we were to just jump into how this whole hunt went, people would think that we were crazy. <laughs> no, we are. Well, yeah, 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 we are. I mean, that's part of it. Preface it then. Here's my here's my perspective of it, how it all happened. Dan Let's sent hear. me a text. He's like, hey, I got I got these cow tags. I found these cow tags. Um, I might buy them. I said, OK, cool. Well, I'll, I'll go with you. And then uh, he bought them, and then all of a sudden, oh, Chad's going to come. And that yeah. was pretty much it, I think. <laughs> yeah, then we were Elko. <laughs> yeah. There was a little more back and forth. There was a little bit more back and forth on that. So I had drawn an early archery tag, and, um, you know, there was a first, there was first a, season. Yeah. There was a free, yeah, first season archery tag, and then uh, I had to go overseas for work because – there was a, a, show, a soda shortage and they needed me to go figure that out. So because I was working, Something about the bubbles. My, uh, wasn't it the bubbles? The bubbles the soda? They weren't, yeah, they weren't fizzy enough. So bubbly. because I was overseas, I had to, you know, transfer my tag. So I came back in October and I, I don't know about y'all, but like, I can't not elk hunt. Uh, the meat is phenomenal. Just being up in the mountains is just so, uh, it recharges my batteries. I'm one of those people who need some mountain time to have, uh, you know, my batteries recharged so I can do the next year. So uh, when I got back, I started just scouring like Craigslist and all these tag sites. And I found uh, two cow tags. And that's when I called you, Chad. Yep. There was, well, we had gone back and forth too, right? There was a couple of other places where we looked and guys were like, well, I don't have two in the same unit, but I've got two cow tags and blah, blah, blah. Right. We kind of went back and forth on it. And then ultimately, I think I said, man, I'm just going to focus my efforts on my mule deer hunt. And I thought you had kind of lost interest in it. And that was the end of that. And then it was what, a, like a week later that I get another text. It's yeah. like found two tags. <laughs> I said, Dang it. Yeah, All you, right. If, I'm in. I'm you, in then. If, Let's do it. If you hang out with me long enough, you'll realize that I, I'm pretty spontaneous. We'll go yeah. one direction, and then a couple minutes later, we'll go the other. But, yeah, so we found yeah, these cow tags. You can pretty much guarantee that one of those things is that's not very spontaneous is that you're going to be elk hunting probably every year for the rest of your life as long as you're in the continental United States. Yeah, that's true. As long as there's no more soda um, issues, we'll be good. But, yeah, so, so we found these tags, and then, um, you know – silly me uh we there's three seasons you can you can buy for these tags so you buy the voucher and then you can pick like an early a mid or a late hunt and um i had whitetail on the mind for whatever reason so i was like oh i don't want to miss the rut so we ended up picking the the third season cow hunt and um yeah i mean you know why not go chase animals after they've been chased uh for two archery seasons uh, after they hear gunshots and three, three rifle you know, bull, yeah, three bull rifle seasons, and then yeah. they get shot at for two two rifle seasons, so it just made perfect sense to pick the last one. Yep, I totally agree. Totally, but agree. Uh, but yeah, it was decided we were going to do it. So there it was. So then the anticipation begins, and my I had a little bit of an elk story too. So I had drawn a Colorado archery elk tag that I ended up turning back in because I, I just said, I just don't have time to elk hunt, but reality, I really didn't have time not to put that much effort into that archery hunt. Um, so I ended up giving that tag back, but that was for September. So when Dan hit me up about this, this November thing, I thought, well, that's, that's probably doable. Just so happens. It was, I had just gotten back from a mule deer hunt like a week before, and it was Thanksgiving pretty much it went right up into Thanksgiving. So, um, that we had, I was limited on time. Dan had a little more time and CJ had some more time than I did, but I only had three days, I think three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a perfect time to not only thank your show sponsors, but your loving wife who let you uh, <laughs> graciously come out right a day before Thanksgiving. Oh she, yeah. She was hundred percent behind that whole effort. 
hundred percent. She loved the idea. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, I mean, it went good. Dan was gone for like two and a half weeks, texting all these big bucks that he was killing in, in these, uh, Midwestern states. And then he shows up to New Mexico and I guess he didn't well, so again, camp anymore. Again, this is where the major preface comes in. So, so I'd been on the road for probably two, two and a half weeks and I've been sleeping in tents. I've been sleeping on people's couches, um, sleeping on a bedroll and hotel floors, trying to you know, just bunk up with other people, save money on these hunts. With random it's dudes. It's time for, with random dudes, of course. Yeah. I met them online. No yeah. big deal. Um, From the Kmart parking I, lot. It's time. It was farmers it's only. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it was. time to go to New Mexico. <laughs> it was time to go to New Mexico. And I was just kind of like, you know what, guys? I'm going to ask you something really crazy. I'm like, please don't hate me. This is going to be ridiculous, but you just got to trust me. I was like, I'm going to rent an Airbnb for the first couple of days because I need a shower. I need a normal bed. Like, I need to like rest before we go on this, you know hunt and um fortunately enough for me i didn't get too much of a of a pushback i'm pretty sure they think i'm weird and that's okay um but we got an airbnb a wonderful airbnb i wasn't gonna yeah. push back. i think you thought i was Ooh. unhappy about it but you caught me at like my busiest i've ever been at work and was like yeah whatever dude i, I don't care right now i, I got to get through the day so and I'm just tagging along. I don't even have a tag. I don't care. It's not my hunt. But yeah, sure. Sleeping in a house versus a tent, hundred <laughs> percent. It was, you know, I'm good. I posed the question to you too because I've been up. I, you guys know that area way better than I do. But I had been up there and driven around, and I thought that the Airbnb that you were renting was like an hour drive to get into the hunting unit. So I was a little bit skeptical at first, didn't really care one way or the other, but um, I was just, I really don't like waking up at like three in the morning to drive for an hour to get to a hunting spot. And then to have, but then, to you, remember, but then you remembered it was late November and the sun goes down, it comes <laughs> yeah. up like the days nighttime is dude, late season hunts. People don't even know until you go hunting in like late December around the solstice. Like, oh, it's only dark or it's only light out for like eight hours. So that means I have 16 hours of sleep versus early season elk where it's like you get to bed and you're like, oh, God, I got to wake up in two minutes because the sun's going to be up. Yeah. Late season hunts are great for uh, comfort and being able to sleep in. It's way better. Yeah, And I I would have never gone to a place that was an hour away. Like, I'm with you. I want to be close enough. Um, Fortunately, I, I, you know, CJ and I know the area pretty well. So. When I found this specific house, I knew it was close enough to where we could get into the action. And then uh, it just was strategically located next to uh, one of my favorite pizza places. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, as you can tell, guys, this is totally roughing it in the backcountry right from the get-go. Again, yeah. backcountry yeah. hunting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, I hunt yeah. a lot of front country, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Remember well, that so, remember you, that podcast I did with CJ about 10 podcasts ago that was called 37 minute elk hunt <laughs> <laughs> where he had like a 200 yard pack out. Yep. It it was it was 7 tenths of a mile yeah. downhill. <laughs> so so technically we should have had less than a 37 uh, minute hunt. Yeah, we can go we can go down that road. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so, so you're cool. like, day, yeah, we're going anyway, but we'll go. Yeah, day, sure. day one, um, we decide that we're going to hit a spot that I, um, I know pretty well where consistently over the years, um, you, you find elk. It's this weird thing. We're out on a cow elk hunt. We want to look for the cow elk. So, uh, we get set up on a burn because if you didn't know this elk hate burns, you know, yeah. they definitely don't like going there. Right. They eat them so much. They try to eat all of the grass there to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. So they spend a lot of time. there trying to just annihilate it. Yeah. yeah. It's all don't about the there. hate of it though. It's not about the yeah. love of the food or the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you, you have uh, if you can close your eyes and just envision this terrain, um, we're kind of sitting 
on this timber line facing a burn. We got a saddle right in front of us and, and the burn slopes down to the left and to the right, basically east and west. So um, Chad and CJ kind of take oh, and the sun the is rising with a beautiful sunrise. Oh, yeah. Like beautiful. All the colors you can imagine. Perfect New Mexico, like morning time, cold morning, gorgeous day, one of the best views ever. And then, and then Dan starts uh, shooting us, uh, hitting us up on the on the text machines. My phone's blowing up in my pocket as I'm looking at these elk across the burn. He's like, "Do you see these elk?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then, uh, yeah. So we were we were pretty far away from there. Was, we actually saw two bulls silhouetted on the horizon. You know, just like the most picturesque elk scene you could ever have have and yeah there ended up being i think there was three bulls and three cows in there or so. two yeah. cows in the um something like that so dan's just below us maybe 200 yards away <clears throat> we're up high i was gonna because we we're gonna look i was gonna look on the back side of the you know the opposite view away from away from this beautiful scene it's gonna look at just another spot um but yeah, so then Chad starts getting ready to, uh, you know, get get on the cows, and then Dan calls me on my phone, as if I'm still oblivious to the elk that are all over there because I didn't respond to his texts. <laughs> and uh, we start talking, and Dan goes full Dan mode, where his brain, his logical side of his brain, turns off. <laughs> he's so excited because he's like, "This is exactly what I had been envisioning." on my whole trip fixing soda in the middle east and uh like it's right here it's happening we're like 10 minutes into this thing like this could not be a better situation and uh so he i was like well why don't why don't you shoot him dan says well i've killed elk so let chad shoot him and then he hangs up the phone i'm like oh well i guess you're cleared hot to shoot chad yeah yeah (laughs) Did you say Dan is 300 yards away and we are just a tad over five? Yeah, we were right at 500 yards and right at five. Dan was Dan a was lot 300, closer. a lot closer, better shot. <laughs> but okay, so I'm going to try to take the shot. I'm cleared hot, terrible shooting position. Everything I could do, I tried to get up on a log, I tried to do everything I could. I ended up having to like put my backpack, wedge it against a tree a down tree and then my feet were underneath of the backpack and I was using my feet to lift it up higher to give myself a little bit but like terrible terrible shooting position um but yeah, I, and I, then I I should have I should have come down to you so we weren't like 20 yards away on yeah. this perfectly still clear morning with no wind and uh <laughs> and so screaming like, at each other <laughs> so so just so everyone knows I'm sitting here and I can only see two elk. I see a bull and I see a cow. They're at 300 yards. And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to feed in closer and Chad's going to shoot. Yeah. The next thing I know, mind you, I'm 200 yards away from them. I hear this full-blown conversation going on about trees and setting up. And I'm thinking to myself, what are they talking about? Well, we so were trying start- to give the elk a heads up on what we were doing. So, so we, were, start, we were being as loud as we possibly could so that they would know our tactics. I start <laughs> freaking out and I'm texting them. They hear you. Oh my gosh, you're so loud. Be quiet. Oh, and oh, I've oh, got oh, my oh. watch on. So I'm reading these texts as they're coming in, just kind of like semi ignoring any sort of opportunity to respond to Chad or to Dan. But uh, yeah, so my phone's blowing up. My, my watch is going off. And then, um, uh, they 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 heard us. They were look. They were all looking at our direction. And then I said something like, "I think they're onto us." And then Ch- Chad was like, "How far?" <laughs> so he, I guess, he was ready to shoot. Yeah, I dialed. I had everything dialed up. Was ready to go. Tried to get as stable as I could on my terrible shooting position, and then let her rip. And I think so. We didn't really get any sort of report from the rifle. Like we didn't really hear a thwack or, you know, that, that sound that you typically hear, but they were pretty far away. So we were kind of, we felt pretty confident. I think CJ was watching it through binos and I think he was pretty confident that, um, 
we hit that cow, but just not great. Yeah, she but, she basically just lifted an offside leg, which was yeah. weird, and then yeah. stood there for a little while, like a second or two, walked a few yards, looked at the other elk, and then just walked like nothing had happened to her. Other than a gunshot going off, of course, and three knuckleheads making a ton of noise. Right. Three stooges over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then they kind of grouped up. They walked on the other side of the hill where we couldn't see them anymore. And then um, and then all of a sudden they were back on top of the mountain or the uh, yeah, the other mountain running. They were running over, though. They were they were moving out then. Yeah, they're moving to our right down the steep side. And uh, there was a, there was an ATV down the hill. I think they heard the ATV driving up the trail that was below us. Probably would cause them to run up, run up. And then uh, and then the next thing I hear, they start coming towards us, like right right down the hill towards where Dan is. And then Literally all I hear is lap. rocks. Yeah, like I hear rocks coming up, and I'm like we're yelling, Dan, <laughs> like they're coming right at you, and. Uh, he didn't hear us because he's too busy running up this hill with like the purest form of excitement I've ever seen in another human being. No gun, no pack. He Stop just it. dropped all of his stuff and ran. Just yeah, yep, up this hill. And we're like, dude, they're right there. Man, Dan, then, they're uh, right there. Like we're pointing and laughing, and every, this was so fun. The uh, Dan jumps up. Well, I think I grabbed him and said, "Get." on my rifle they're right there and so he sits down gets he's a lefty keep in mind so he's he's lefty i'm a righty so everything's backwards he gets in my rifle um and was like getting ready to shoot and i'm like hang on dude we got to dial we got to change things it it was a big old mess man but we were trying to make it happen so we, we tried our best yeah so they they came and i think they got to like 300 yards from where we were 350 yards from where we were. So they moved around the mountain and camp and actually came closer to us. Um, they were like a hundred yards away from where Dan was. And, and then, yeah, it just, it just never, no other shot came to fruition just due yeah. to the chaos. Well, and in my defense to go with what CJ said, when like something triggers, I just lose it. I was so excited that Chad had just shot. And, you know, I was looking through my binos when, uh, when there was a shot too, and I saw that leg movement and I thought there was a little hunch, kind of that, like uh, a little shock, you know, a little tightening of the chest of the elk. So I'm like, yes. So I'm like, okay, calm down, you know, think, I don't know, maybe I didn't think. He said to um, himself, I calm it- down. What should I do now? Yeah. Sprint up the yeah. side of the mountain <laughs> and go Sprint up the mountain. <laughs> High five. Everyone. Leave my gun behind. So, so I, so as I got up to them, you know, running up to them, I hear them mumbling something and I thought they were like, you know, just doing their loud talking like usual and exciting talk. And then finally it clicked to me that they're like, Dan, Dan, they're right there. And, uh, I thought I was going to freehand a 400 yard shot. Definitely not going to happen, but you know, Chad just calm down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So ultimately nothing happened there. We, we hiked up the side of over to where the elk rat obviously found a couple of spots of blood, um, tracked that for, well, we tracked that for like two miles, I think. Um, but we only had blood yeah. for, we only had blood for probably 50, 75 yards and it just tricked. Yeah. Where she was just walking. Yeah, just walk in. I, I kind of think maybe I just grazed her at the top or hit her very high or something. And um, unfortunately, there was no way she was going to die from whatever it was. It's certainly from lack of blood or loss of blood because she lost very little. Um, yeah. And then we had some pretty good tracks that we were following all the way down the side of the mountain. And we were able to follow them with our, you know, visually when they when they after the shot when they came around and we followed them kind of down to where dan was sitting at and then we lost them as they went through the timber and once we followed that trail and we got down into the timber there was elk tracks everywhere and at that point it was kind of over right there was no following that one trail anymore because everything went every which direction so um, yeah we we gritted out really well and i think that was a thing that kind of sunk in my stomach too so like when we first found uh, cj first found the blood um, you know, very minimal, nothing crazy, but 
when when she went back and started going uphill again yeah instead of just continuing her way down like you know more often than not when something is lethally hit in my experiences they're not going to go up the steep stuff that she was going straight up and then you know we saw them walk a good ways and then yeah like you said we got about two miles of tracking yeah we watched her walk for like over half a mile you know and she looked exactly the same as everybody else all the other all the other elk in the group you know so yeah we i think we we decided pretty quickly that that elk was going to be fine and um yeah there was nothing wrong with her when she was running off the side so but we did we did our part we tracked her certainly as long as we could and then we we lost that track so unfortunately bummer so we were off to hunting more was there anything else completely shit showish that happened that morning i don't think so just that no just just dan running up the hill for no reason that was fun. It was so funny, man. And the look on Dad's face when he came when he came running up the hill was like this a smile that I've never seen a smile that big before. He was so excited for all of this to happen and, and we were both yelling. And it was so like, funny. There's there's an elk right there. <laughs> so but. it was so funny because he couldn't he could not believe that you were not excited. Yes. Like that was <laughs> oh, that yes. was a huge topic. How are you not excited? You just shot an elk. Like, well, uh, we haven't found it yet. I'll be be excited when it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I kept telling him. Like, I'll be excited when we find it until then. No excitement at all. Nobody laughs. No, Um, it was fun. We we had a lot of fun on that particular event. And that morning was certainly beautiful and it was great. So, um, but then your home would have been over in like 15 minutes and that would have been fun. That's garbage. That's that's what I was telling you. And the pack uh, well, out would not have been very easy either. Yeah. yeah, it probably. I mean, it wouldn't have been horrible, but it would have been not as been as good as what the other situations we put ourselves in. Yeah. Hey, calm down. We're not there yet. The, we're not there yet. Get us there, Dan. Well, so the rest of that day, I think we split up. Um, we did some recon and some some good areas. We each ran into some more elk. Um, I think I saw like 30 grouse, uh, 50 mule deer, a uh, couple bulls and no cows. Uh, it sounds like, what'd you guys run into? I think we saw, we saw three, three cows. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Well, three elk and some mule deer and a bunch of grouse. Tons of grouse. Yeah. And like a, like a ridiculous amount of grouse. I like, if you have, if you have issues with your heart, I do not recommend walking around in that place. Because <laughs> you're gonna have a heart attack. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, there was a lot of grass. Um, and that was it was tons of sign. Man, we saw a sign all over the place in the areas that we went to and um ex- explored some cool spots, found some good spots that CJ identified and said maybe this would be good spots for trail cameras at a later date or something, you know. So um we 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 saw some nice areas that were that were good. CJ found a shed. CJ found a shed, a huge. Oh, yeah, shed. I found, found a found a. I found that on the burn where, uh, yeah, yep. just on the just a little ways on the, yep. yeah, where we tracked that out. Yep, but nothing big. So we just, go back, go back to the, uh, go back to the Airbnb. CJ takes a bath. We yep. eat some cookies and day two. Was that a bubble bath? No, they didn't have any bubble bath. But if they did, I would have totally used it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even I didn't even use the jets, but it was still um, it was the nicest bath I've ever taken on an elk hunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot better was... than a cold cattle tank, which that I have makes, done before. Makes total sense. <laughs> so, yeah, we had uh, what did we eat that night. We had to have eaten something good. Was that spam <clears throat> meatball night? Spam meatball night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So super cool. Woke up early the next day. And went hunting, split up yep. again, split up again, went into um, CJ and I went into a totally different area. Dan went back into his sweet spot. I convinced Chad to go to my secret spot. And uh, um, yeah, we went in from, an, from a direction that I don't normally go in. It's easier to drive to, but it requires more walking. Um, <clears throat> and 
yeah, pretty much everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I normally see elk here. We walk a little bit, bump into some elk. Uh, we saw a bull. What I, what I was pretty positive was a bull huge body. Didn't see antlers cause it's super, it's pretty thick, huge body, black belly all by itself, you know, pretty, pretty telltale sign that it's likely a bull, but it was very big and there was no shot opportunity at it anyways. Um, yeah. and we didn't have a tag for it. Nope. So he, if yeah. it was a bull, we didn't have a tag for it. So, uh, and he moved very quickly. Yeah. So we hiked, uh, hiked back into the spot and, you know, I, we walked really slow cause I, I have literally seen elk everywhere in there. So it's just, you know, what matter of time before you bump into them. And, um, uh, yeah, I really like to just walk at a very slow pace, you know, 10 steps or so at a time at, you know, trying to be quiet and just looking. I think I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of opportunities just walking slowly and bumping into them while they're walking and finding yourself in the middle of a bunch of elk. So that's kind of what we were hoping for. Uh, I also had to pick up a couple of trail cameras. So that, that worked out. Yeah. Um, one of the trail cameras had elk on like the day before we were there. Yeah. Uh, like a herd of a bunch of cows, a bunch of calves. <clears throat> I don't know how many elk there were, but there was, Probably, you know, there's a dozen or so animals. At least it was a pretty good spot for a camera. Yep. And then we uh, were getting into like what I call my honey hole. And I'm like, hey, there's this spring down here. It's always got water in it, even in the driest times of year. And then uh, sure enough, there's an elk standing there. Yeah, that shot never, it was super thick and pretty far. So that shot never came to to be. And then she kind of just, she knew we were there. And it was, I don't know, it was fairly late at that point in the morning. The sun was up. Um, we were a few miles from, from the truck, so it took us a while to get there. And then, uh, so that, that shot opportunity just never came. Yeah, that was just a very bad spot. No yeah, matter terrible. where that elk would have went, even after that thick brush, there was no follow-ons or anything. So, unfortunately, no. we watched her bound off or, you know, take off and run through the, the forest. But it's still yeah, reassuring thought, to see, yep. you know, to see the those elk and um, to to know that they were in there. So that was it was nice to to be able to be moving through there and see an elk. Yeah, so we kind of just slowly worked through that whole area all day. <clears throat> bumped into a couple bulls. Uh, bumped in, and then after they had it was well. There's four four elk. We saw two bulls. Couldn't tell what the other two were. Um, <clears throat> those sh- never got a shot opportunity on that. That was about midday. This is after I lost my SD card for my for my nice camera. So all those photos, if somebody finds it and finds my pictures, I would love to have those back. But yeah, um, yeah it's out there in the in the woods somewhere. But really, pretty pretty chill morning. Nothing too crazy. Um, just a, quite a bit of slow walking. You know, um, looking for elk laying down in thick stuff which is not always a winning recipe you'll definitely bump into them and you'll see them but getting a shot opportunity is kind of tough so we just went really slow very deliberate uh, and just kind of moved through uh the area yeah and then um eventually we had uh, bumped into another group of elk i had i just had like my my spidey senses kind of went off i stopped and glassed for a little bit ahead of us didn't see anything took like three steps and then boom, there's an elk head and neck just in the sun staring straight at us. Yeah. You know, like a uh, hundred yards away. And I'm like, Chad cow right here. <clears throat> and uh, so Chad got on her. I'll let you explain what happened there. Yeah. Uh, I missed her. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. No, um, a hundred yards ish. And I was trying to shoot offhand, which, um, I don't recommend like, I don't, or maybe I should practice that way more often, but, um, in hindsight, which is always way more clear CJ and I talked about it afterwards and we discussed it. I, I probably should have kind of shuffled if possible to the side, found a tree or just some sort of rest, something right. to stable that, that rifle a little bit better and taken that shot because, um, it was obviously, um, I missed that shot and, 
<laughs> so we only saw one elk, but as soon as that yeah. shot went off, there was like 10 or 12 that stood up and, that and was, ran that out was, of there. So it was a good spot to be in. That was an immediate reminder for me. Like, Hey, she's yeah, she, she didn't, she was definitely looking at us. Right. Yeah. Uh, but she wasn't in like, I got to take off right now. And she's laying down. So what we should, what I should have done is continue to scan and look around. Cause it's very rare this, that time of year that there's one elk by itself, one cow by herself, you know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe there was another elk laying broadside, you know, that you could have got a better shot on, but you know, we just, we got target fixated on the one that was laying in the sun or her face was in the sun. And then you shot, she didn't stand up right away. She just kind of like looked back, stood up slowly, kind of stretched her back out, looked at the other elk. Also, all of a sudden after the shot, there's like 10 elk that just stand up <laughs> and like, Oh, Holy cow. There's a whole bunch. There's a whole holy bunch of them. <laughs> um, yeah. I did that and, for you. Just so you know, I, I, you know, I did it for you because we were about four plus miles away. Yeah, from I wasn't really disappointed that you right. that you missed. So it was all that was all a big show. That's what it was. Yeah, I missed yeah. on purpose, and you're welcome. Yeah, because we were we were we we're about four miles, maybe a little over four miles away from yeah. the truck. Probably the, it would have been a, it would have been like a mile and a half pack out. Yeah, to the closest road from that yeah. spot. But um, and we. I'll I'm gonna speed it up a little bit because I also want to hear Dan's story too. Yeah. But we uh cruised through CJ's honey hole. Um you have a very nice honey hole, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh you're welcome. You're lucky you you're lucky. You can't you can't talk about that stuff on the, the radio. Oh. Okay. Anyways. I'll edit that. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan has a nice honey hole too. But we cruised through there. We, we hit some really beautiful areas. We talked a lot about, I talked to CJ a lot about different calling. Like if you were hunting in the archery season, how some of these are just, is this a good spot to be calling, you know, bugling and trying to call them in. And so a lot of questions and answer type session and, and education for me, we saw some really cool bulls moving mm -hmm. through there. Um, found a fairly recent, um, kill that was out in there too and we tried to get the yeah the so I out of it but didn't work out yeah, it, sorry yeah that's okay and then My are weak <laughs> yeah but you can rub two sticks together and make a fire so we're Facts. yeah um and then i'll speed up a little bit so we just get to almost to the truck like what we're, we're probably what a mile or so away from the truck maybe and um I kind of jokingly looked out into this open meadow and I said, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was a cow standing right over there? And I looked back at CJ and as I looked back at CJ, his eyes got really big and he pulls his binos up really fast. And literally just as I was pointing over there saying, wouldn't it be cool if there's an elk out there? A cow steps out from behind a tree, <laughs> like right where I was pointing. So I, I tried to kind of put together a shot. I, I started to do that offhand thing again. And this was like 300 plus yards away that wasn't going to work clearly um drop down into kind of a military style seated position to hopefully get some stability um and she was on to us totally and she bugged yeah. out of there so um, we, we weren't exactly being quiet either we were talking i think we yeah we were talking and walking yeah our plan was to go back and we're, we had parked pretty close to water a, a water tank and it was like hammered with elk sign yep you know like there, there was a, a ton of fresh sign. There's, there's boot tracks that had elk tracks on top of them, you know, tire tracks with elk tracks, like roads of elk to and from this one water. Cause it, it, it's been super dry up there, you know, this fall. Yeah. So they eat all that dry grass all day. They got to drink some water eventually. Yeah. So the yeah. plan was to go sit. We were coming in. It was late. It was starting to get late. It was like four o'clock or something. And the idea was to go sit on that water hole and um as we as we were getting back closer to the water hole we kind of took you know got over in the wood line a little bit and we were making our way up in there and as soon as we crested up over the hill to look at the water there was two elk down there and cj says there's one right there and i 
brought my rifle up and had a really good shot on the cow and took that shot and um, shot her. Yeah. So we put her down pretty fast. Um, and that was super exciting. That was very exciting. So unlike <laughs> like the one the day before, right. The, on opening morning, we didn't know what the result was from that shot. So, you know, there was, there was some anticipation there before I could be excited. There was no question on whether or not this elk was dead or not. She was done. So she yeah. piled up right there and we, had a very good laugh because we had walked eight plus miles and we ended up backing my truck up to that elk and cording her out and putting the quarters in the back of the truck. So we called it a two foot pack out because that was the difference between the ground and the tailgate of the truck. <laughs> and she yeah. was only four, what, like she was 425 from where, or the truck was 425 from where we were standing when you shot. Yeah. She was like a hundred yards closer. Yeah. So like 300 yards away from the truck. Yeah. So we walked yeah. over, made sure the elk was dead and then walked over to the truck and got it and drove over there. And then we did some pictures and then started working on that elk and getting it done and back the truck right up to it. So um, yeah. we even used, yeah. we used the headlights of the truck for light to skin the animal, which so, is very nice. And I highly recommend it. If you can ever do that, just do that. Yeah, way, just, yeah go way. that route totally so stop <laughs> stop killing elk far away from the truck and kill them close to where the truck is that's all i'm going to say yeah. right that, yeah. that's certainly my parting shot on this one um but no so, it was super cool count down cool. right yeah super cool super cool to see to see it happen right because that was your first elk ever yep and it you know it was a really good day of hunting like it was you know we saw a ton of elk we got to do a bunch of different types of walking around and uh you know we had some opportunities and stuff and then for it to happen the way it did was awesome and then obviously you're it's always cool to see someone kill something for the first time yeah yeah so this was a good year for me man first antelope first elk and both in new mexico so super cool um that's my story okay so now i want to transition you haven't heard from dan in a long time yeah, I'm sitting here looking at him on the Zoom screen, and I can tell he's getting excited to tell his side of the story. Um, I want to hear Dan's story. So I don't know this very well. I had to leave. Well, we hunted. So we killed my elk on day two. Um, we were apart. Dan was, was hunting separately. That was CJ and I. Um, we come back to the house that night. We celebrated, whatever you know, you do, whatever you do. And then we get out the next morning. No, we had to leave the Airbnb, right? So we leave, we go pack up camp, and then the plan was to set up a camp, or we packed up the house. The plan was to set up a camp and then hunt that night, and Dan was going to kill an elk that night. Which did not happen. Did so not. so um, you're right. You killed your elk. We came back. We had delicious breakfast burritos. We did. Um, Thank you, Dan, for that. Yep, yep. Chef Boyardee was in the house. Um, something interesting that uh, while you guys were out having the time of your life without me, um, you know, not, je not jealous or anything. Yeah, your um, fault. you were invited. Your fault. <laughs> I hit this spot that, uh, it, it was kind of one of those overlooked areas. Um, you know, sometimes everyone gets so, uh, so set on going in deep that they overlook the, the spots right off the road. So, um, I went up to this spot where you, you just, you drop off this little steep cliff and, uh, there's this little bench with this little secret like spring in the middle of some, some aspens and some other timber. And, um, I'm talking like no one would find this spot. I'm just weird. And I hiked through all the woods and I came across it one year. Well, I get up, we found, I get up. We found it a few years ago, bow hunting when you shot that, that spike during lunch. That's what, yeah. While we were talking, see, in self-defense. But so, so, but it, it's one of those things that like no one finds this stuff. Um, so I get down to it and there's a camera on the, the little spring. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like someone found my secret spot. Um, and I, you get a little frustrated, but um, whatever. I got over myself and, and I'm looking and it looks like an elk head kind of like brushed up against this camera at some point through ever, you know, who knows how long it was out there, but it was no longer pointing at the spring itself. It was kind of just pointing up into outer space. So 
me being me in this, you know, unrelentless level of like doing the right thing, which is just it drives me nuts. Sometimes I, I take the camera, I take the camera and I put it right back on the water. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not that kind of person who would steal it or take the SD card or whatever, shut it off. I'm like, if, if someone found my camera like this and they put it back, I would feel good. So, um, I put it back on the spot, um, got out of there. I didn't really see anything that day. Um, after the breakfast burritos, I actually went out and hunted. What did you find that day though? A shed. And three carcasses in the meadow that you were going to go to. Oh, so yeah. The the spot that I was, (laughs) the, the spot that I was super excited to go to, um, sun comes up and the first thing I see is uh ravens and they're all over the place and they're just hitting these three different spots. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, watch, there's some, some dead elk over there. You know, I, I, I gave this, the sun time to come up and I uh, gave it a couple hours. I went over. Sure enough, there were three fresh carcasses and I couldn't tell if it was two cows from, um, from that hunt or from uh, maybe an earlier hunt or something like that, but they were, they were super fresh. So I was like, great this place is clapped out. So, um, you know, go back, celebrate with Chad, made breakfast burritos. I woke up the next morning, um, and went up to the burn again, kind of like, you know, the, the, the goal was, uh, CJ and Chad, were going to sleep in. I was going to hunt the burn and then we were going to come unpack and then go set up camp. Well, I trudge my way up to the top of this burn. And before the sun even comes up, I'm sitting there next thing I know there are dogs just going crazy and I'm like what in the world is going on sure enough out in the burn um, I don't know if it was uh, cat hunters with dogs or if it was just dogs that got loose but they are out in the middle of this burn just getting after it um, chasing something so before the sun even came up I'm like nope not sitting up here like this is this is clapped out so trudged my way down Went to a completely different spot. Didn't end up seeing anything. Um, we packed up the Airbnb. We went up to uh, the top of the mountain and started the uh, Kodiak Canvas um, caravan where we set up a really, yeah. yeah, that was a really sweet setup. Canvas land. Canvas land. Um, now we're really hunting because, again, a lot of people listening to this right now are like, these guys are really hunting. They we're in Airbnbs and bees and drinking lattes. Yeah. Side side note to that, I posted that on the Instagrams and got a lot of people that told me we suck for staying at an Airbnb. That's fine. My feelings aren't hurt. Yeah, well, um, the results beg to differ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so, anyways, um, we get camp set up. We sat some. We sat that evening. Didn't actually see anything. Um, did I shoot the turkey that day? Yeah, yeah shot that, that was morning. the day you shot the turkey. I shot a turkey on the way back to to pack up the Airbnb. So a little victory, yeah. you know, nothing crazy. Um, but um, what is it? Was it Tuesday morning? Okay, so Tuesday morning, we wake up. Um, Chad, you left. Yeah, I was. I had to pack up and leave that day. Yep. So CJ and I go and hit the burn again. Um, we saw a spike and then as we were leaving the burn, we kicked up two small cows. Uh, we go back to camp and this is where it kind of like all starts getting interesting. So CJ and I are sitting there just hanging out. And next thing I know, someone rolls into camp looking like Johnny Appleseed with his flannel shirt on and his trad bow on his backpack on his e-bike. And he's like, Porter and I'm like who is this dude coming into my camp like this and yeah. and uh you know we, we we look and it's it's our buddy Aaron it's someone who yeah. I've hunted with before and we, we all you know knew uh you've met him before we've all met each other a couple of times and he's you know hey what's going on I'm out here you know grouse hunting turkey hunting um pulling my cameras and I'm like Oh my gosh. I'm like, dude, do you have a camera on my secret wallow? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh <laughs> boy. Like, did he know about the wallow? Yeah. I, or did I, he find no, it I had, random? I had showed him it, but I, but I forgot. And um, so he's like, yeah, I just pulled the camera off of there. And I'm like, 
no way cool we're talking we're talking you know hanging catching up and stuff like that and uh just off that random like intuition i was like hey man can like we look at the pictures and see if anything was there and sure enough that morning there were three cows on that little spring now i want to just go back to the you know something i said a couple minutes ago we would have never have caught that if I didn't put the camera back on the spring because it was not focused in that direction. So we we finished up our convo. He went off to pull some more cameras and chase after things. So CJ and I put together this plan to go hunt those cows down on the meadow. CJ? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, there was a there's a cold front coming through, some weather coming through. So the night before we sat water and it was terrible. There was no wind. It was just we were not quiet either, so that didn't help. It was fun, but we didn't. It was not a very good uh, evening sit. But yeah, so the next day it was windy and cold, and yes, yeah, so we get into this spot. It just looks like you know stereotypical elk, elk country: meadow, aspens, fir trees, good mix. And uh, this is the same meadow where Dan had found those uh, those carcasses, but there was three cows that morning. They had to be, had to have been in there somewhere. And uh, Aaron had actually seen elk in there too, but he didn't spook them off. So we were feeling really good about the situation. The wind was perfect. And really we were just going to sit and uh, wait for them to either walk through some of the aspens because all the leaves were off. You could see into the aspens really well, or maybe they come out into the meadow. Um, And yeah, so we sat and we sat. It was not comfortable. I would definitely did not dress for, you know, sub sub freezing or right around freezing temperatures. It snowed a little bit. And uh yeah, I was ill prepared for how cold it was, but whatever. <laughs> Eventually, like I did, I just had to pee like really bad. No, and I, it was getting down to like the perfect time that the elk should be out. A few hours before this, the, some cattle, some random um, leftover cattle walked out in the meadow and Dan and I look at each other and we're like, oh, it's good. It's on tonight. Like the cows were feeding, they were eating, the, the cattle were eating like as voraciously as possible um, pretty early on. So we were feeling really good. <clears throat> but then later on, I, you know, I had to go to bed, I'd take a leak. So I stand up, go around the, the brush that we were sitting by. And uh, as I'm peeing, I look back into the meadow and I'm like, oh, crap, there's there's a whole bunch of elk right in right in the edge of the tree line. And, I, you know, I'd, I'd held it for hours. And uh, so it took it took forever to finish. And then I excitedly get down to where Dan was after I finished up and he's he's all like ready to go. He drops for whatever reason. He throws his tripod on the ground, grabs his gun and like he's going to run after something. So <clears throat> I get him calmed down a little bit bring them over to, you know, bring them up to where he, or bring them over to where you can see the elk. And they were only maybe what, 280, 300 yards away from us. They weren't already within range. Well, so, so, so to, to explain, like, so you were covering one part of the meadow. I was covering a, a different part and there was kind of like this aspen mm-hmm. finger that came down that split between us. But what was neat is there was this little ravine that cut up that th- timber, uh, that, you know, aspen thicket. And there was some pine trees. So like when you saw them, we had this terrain features that we were able to use to like cut. Yeah, probably 80 to 100 yards to get closer to them. So, you know, this chat, I'm telling you, we went like full blown, uh, you know, cool army guy like you were, um, you know. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So we're, 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 you know, sneaking our way up. We're crawling and back to you, CJ. Yeah, so we get up. It um, there's like a wash and a in a dirt tank in the bottom that was dry. Got up. <clears throat> the elk were they were they were feeding like their heads were down like the entire time, and I I had actually didn't confirm if they were all cows or not because I couldn't see their heads. So before Dan crawls into position, I'm like, let's make sure they're not all bulls first. So then we wa- we looked at them for a little while, probably a minute minute and a half to like watch them all pick their heads up eventually and all of them were cows. So we were all good on that front. And then, so, uh, so, so here's the thing though. Okay. So now Chad, we're, 
we're getting close and, and CJ's like, all right, let me do a range real quick. And he's like 200 yards. So I'm like, cool. Like we're, I'm, I'm not good with a rifle. I'm, I've used my bow way more. So like this whole hunt, I was like, I need a chip shot or this is going to be ugly. So, um, I'm getting close up into position and, and CJ, go, he, he looks at me, he says, Dan. Yeah. He's like, this is 200 yards. <laughs> The elk is broadside and you're about to shoot prone. Don't miss. I swear to God, if you <laughs> miss, I'm going to lose my mind. And, and in that, yeah. and in that moment, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So more pressure, more, more pressure. So then, so then pressure. Dan goes and lays his, the barrel of his rifle, rests it on this rock. I grab his leg. I'm like, don't do that. So do it right. I was I was just getting I was getting into position. There were lots of things happening, but you know, Not finally really. when it when it when it all came down to it, like um, you know what you know what happens when you roll into kill mode, like everything kind of just narrowed right in. Um she she gave me 200 yard broadside shot, picked my shot, and I a shot, and this is where I got you know loopy again. So we're sitting there and, and I I think I hit her, and CJ's like, yep. Looks like you good good hit. She she ran like ten yards. She stopped. She did this little rearing thing, and um, she fell. So I'm like, yes. And then next thing I know, CJ's like, she's back up. So I'm like, ah. Yeah, she so I, she fell over like on her face, just on the ground hard. And then all of a sudden, she's full up standing there again. I'm like I'll shoot her again. But uh, so she was I, I, she was pouring blood. She yeah, was, I go to re go to re-rack and then he's just like no wait never mind like she she's done and sure enough i mean within seconds she just she passed she went down and um i think i got excited just a little bit no no yeah there may i doubt it may have been some bromancing on the mountain yep yeah there there was a lot but so it's kind of funny because like i've i've killed all my elk before this with a bow and i've always like romanticized this like rifle hunt and i've always wanted to like hunt in the snow now i don't care if it only spits snow for 14 seconds i killed an elk in a snowstorm with a rifle so i touched every <laughs> Full blizzard i i touched everything that i'd always dreamed of it was awesome because cj was there like i was super freaking excited um you know yeah uh, got up there got some cool pictures um now because it just can't end with it being normal. The truck is parked up on top of the, uh, the mountain and we, we pulled up our maps and like, okay, cool. There's this little like ATV, like two track that will get down to the meadow. Um, CJ is like, I'm going to start um, quartering the animal, go get the truck. So me being me, I just started sprinting. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta remember. Like that, I like, said, Dan's logical brain turns off in moments like this, and it's just pure emotion <laughs> and adrenaline. Yeah. Somehow and, and, he kills animals too. It's crazy. It's crazy to watch. But it, it so like imagine like Forrest Gump just going and going and going and going and like so you know I'm out of shape. You know I, I was over there serving um, fizzy soda to people, and this wasn't your normal fizzy soda adventure where you come back ripped like I. You know, anyways, I came back out of shape and I'm sprinting up this mountain. And then for whatever reason, I stopped at this one spot and um, I looked down and there's a five point shed below me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay." So I pick up the shed and then I just keep sprinting up the mountain, grab my uh, grab my truck. By the time I got down to CJ, I mean, he had three of the four quarters done. Um, Just get my. I'm just going to say it right now. You had a two foot pack out. Um, mine was a foot and a half. So uh, just one up. You we just, should have measured. Yeah, we, we should have measured. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just super fun. So I get a video. I get a video perfect. from Dan. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. I get this crazy video. I think you put it on social media too. That was like, Hey, guess what? Something just happened. This is so exciting. Oh, look how exciting this is. I found a shed. And I killed an elk, and then video stops, and I was like, "You can't leave me with that, man! What happened?" So that's the that's that was my introduction to Dan's elk. 
I found a shed and killed a cow. Yeah. So all in all, two uh two dead elk and uh arguably one of my and a turkey. And a turkey. Arguably one of my favorite trips in a long, long time. Yeah. It couldn't it really couldn't have went any any but well, I mean if ha- having maybe killed that one on the opening day and then focusing more on your hunt, but um I don't think that would have been as much fun. Nope. No, it nope. definitely wouldn't have been. No. I, li- so, I like hunting, are. so like killing stuff on the first day, your hunt's over. And since I didn't have the tag, yeah. I didn't care. I'm like, I'll hunt the whole time. This would be great. I'll just wander around, take pictures, make jokes, be a terrible hunting partner, you know, all that stuff, scare all the elk away. Yeah. No, it was it was yeah. it was a blast. Like it was nice because there's like no trophy potential, nothing. We're not holding out for anything. It's just, just another one of those, like, go have fun and go hunt and just yep. enjoy your time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was super cool. Very, very cool to, to do that. Um, I think cow hunts get overlooked a lot of times. And I, I think it's a lot of fun for people to be able to go out and do them. We did that, that podcast recently with my buddy, Jeremy, and they put three cows down in, in, on their Arizona hunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that dude has more meat than he knows what to do with right now because he's got three cows worth of worth of meat in his, in his freezer. So both uh, the cows you guys killed were, they were not small. They were the size, they were fully mature old ladies for sure. Big old girls. Yep. Yep. And then uh, CJ and I went to sleep and when we woke up, there was uh winter wonderland. That was kind of cool too. Yeah. What like three inches of snow? Yep, yep. Was it three or four? Yeah, yeah. It was really. I had to leave a day too early, I guess. Uh, a funny thing. So you guys had talked to Aaron about all that, and I had texted him randomly for something that day. Oh, I think I just texted him a picture of my elk and said, "Hey, man, I caught one." And uh, he was like, "Yeah, dude, I just missed you, man. I was up in the unit, and I had stopped by and talked to Dan." So Aaron was fully engaged over that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh call it whatever, whatever, but there was some sort of divine intervention going on there for sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, it was Very cool. Good. It was a good time. I like, I like that kind of stuff. CJ kind of touched on it. No trophy potential. Just, I mean, just good, wholesome fun. And I, uh, you got a 24 and six eights. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I know. That's all that turned out. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but you know, she was bigger. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, just, my, my eighth. All right, th- all right. There's, yeah. there's plenty of people who are probably, Oh my goodness. You didn't go back 14 miles on a back country. You stayed in an Airbnb and drank coffee and ate potatoes. Well, we did. Uh, yeah. We, like, CJ and I did. So the first day we were out there, uh, I was running a tracker for the majority of the day not the entire day. And I think when I got back, I had over seven miles. So we were likely into the eight plus maybe nine on that first day. Um, keep in mind, a couple of those miles were from losing a very crucial piece of equipment that I had to follow my footsteps back and recover, which sucked. And it was camouflaged by the way. So it made it super simple to find. Um, but you found it. I did find it. <laughs> I about shit in my pants when I found that thing. Um, so that day we'll say eight ish miles. And then the next day was another eight plus miles. So it wasn't like we were just sitting, like leaving the Airbnb and sitting water. Nope. No, it was still, it was still a decent amount of work for sure. We just got lucky yeah. where, where we ended up killing them. We could, we could drive to you. So yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. They basically got shot and jumped into the back of the truck and perished. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Would you do that hunt again, Dan? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. CJ, would you ever I, I know you didn't have the tag, but would you ever try to acquire that tag? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'm not gonna draw uh, like I'm not gonna apply for it, but I will definitely if you know get it at a decent price. Yeah, it's uh Probably not. Let's not do third cow season since you can choose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it. It was still well. Fun. There was some strategy in that. There was definitely strategy. It had a lot more to do choice. with time off than you know the time available it for did. us than than the actual really season did. date. But uh, who yeah. cares? And then even still, like having 
being able to get home for Thanksgiving with some fresh cow meat is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that was my debacle with that too. Dan was, we, I, I tried to convince Dan to go the week before just due to timing and he was locked into something in another state for whitetail. So we couldn't do that. So we, I had to kind of try to convince my wife that it would be okay. And that's why I had to come home early because we were traveling for Thanksgiving and we were leaving a day early. So it was kind of like, shit, I came, I came off the mountain. I think I got home around one or two in the afternoon and basically packed up my car and we left the next morning. Yeah. So, um, on a travel on a trip, but, um, anyway, we made it work. Yep. It was the, probably the best three day hunt ever. That's I a mean, fact. Yep. Clinically proven. <laughs> yes. And I would also purchase that tag again. If I didn't draw something else in timing, you know, it, it'd be one of those other, like you, CJ, I wouldn't put in for it over a archery elk tag yeah. in September. But if I don't draw an archery elk tag, then. But those are really good. Hunting that. Those are really good tags to put, uh, like, if someone who's not necessarily interested in, in hunting a lot, or that may be their first time, it's, it's a, those are the tags that I put in. Like, I'll put my wife in for those tags. Tags that like someone who's not dedicated to go chasing bulls around because that's a ton of work. It's hard, you know. Except yeah. maybe not my hunt, but um, it's not usually how they work out. But yeah, so put somebody in who's interested in just getting going hunting. You're probably going to see animals. Yeah, highly recommended for those moderate to low experienced new hunters who just need to get out in the woods and, and try it for once, but then also keep your expectations realistic. Like we got fairly lucky with our opportunities. You know, it's not a gimme at all. All skill. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> there's a lot of luck. A lot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. But all right, guys, our super cool hunt, man. I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about it and sharing that experience. It was really cool from Airbnbs to CJ being in a bath and um, dead cows, dead turkeys. We didn't watch him take the bath. We can't confirm that it happened. We're just going off his saying that it <laughs> happened. Um, or Dan might. I did not watch. That's all I can say. I can confirm I did not watch. Um, and then we set up the crazy elk camp, so the crazy canvas land, and that was super cool too. Um, but all right, guys, out of here, man. Thanks for coming on and sharing the story. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. All right, out of here, dudes. Man. Thank you for listening to the Backcountry Rookies podcast. Don't forget to look us up on social media. We are Backcountry Rookies on all the spots, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And we also have the Backcountry Rookies Nation, which is a private group on Facebook. So thanks to Go Hunt, Elk 101, Vortex Optics, and Canyon Coolers for sponsoring the show. Remember, when you use the code ROOKIES, you get special deals at all of those companies. You get $50 in gear shop credit when you become a Go Hunt Insider. You save 20 bucks on the University of Elk Hunting from Elk 101, 20% off any Vortex apparel. And now you can save 10% off Canyon Coolers. Just use the code ROOKIES at any of those places and get special deals. Thanks for listening. Come back next week. Out of here.